This is Speak the Speech, the podcast from Bell Shakespeare. Bell Shakespeare would like to acknowledge that this episode was recorded and produced on the lands of the Gadigal and Wongal people of the Eora Nation, the traditional custodians of the land, and we pay our respects to their elders, past and present. Yet here, Laertes, aboard, aboard for shame. The wind sits in the shoulder of your sail and you are stayed for. There my blessing with thee. And these few precepts in thy memory see thou character. Give thy thoughts no tongue, nor any unproportioned thought his act. Be thou familiar, but by no means vulgar. Those friends thou hast and their adoption tried, grapple them to thy soul with hoops of steel, and do not dull thy palm with entertainment of each new-hatched, unfledged comrade. Beware of entrance to a quarrel, but being in, bear it, that the opposed may beware of thee. Give every man thy ear, but few thy voice. Take each man's censure, but reserve thy judgment. Costly thy habit as thy purse can buy, but not expressed in fancy, rich not gaudy, for the apparel oft proclaims the man. Neither a borrower nor a lender be, for, for loan often loses both itself and friend, and borrowing dulls the edge of husbandry. This above all, to thine own self be true, and it must follow as the night the day Thou canst not then be false to any man. Farewell, my blessings season this in thee. Welcome to Speak the Speech, the podcast from Bell Shakespeare. I'm your host, James Evans, and that was Polonius from Act One, Scene Three of Hamlet, read by our guest this week. She is an Australian singer, songwriter, musician and record producer. She's released six studio albums as a solo artist, including What the Sea Wants, The Sea Will Have, As Day Follows Night and I Awake, all of which reached the top ten in the ARIA album charts. She's a three-time ARIA award winner for Best Pop Release, Best Female Artist and Best Adult Alternative. As Day Follows Night also won Triple J's Album of the Year and it's listed at number 19 in the book 100 Best Australian Albums. In 2008, she wrote the music for Bell Shakespeare's production of Hamlet, directed by Marion Potts. It's my great pleasure to welcome Sarah Blasco. Sarah, welcome to Speak the Speech. <laughs> Thank you. Sarah, it is so great to have you here. And uh, I was I was a little, I must say, I was a little surprised when I heard you, you chose this as your speech uh, <laughs> uh, to bring to us today. What do you love about Polonius's advice to his kids? Well, I mean, I think it's, it's so much advice. It's so over the top. Mm. Um, I don't think I quite conveyed the comedicness of, of some of it. <laughs> it doesn't have to be. It's, it's very good advice. It's so jam-packed with advice. I don't know how anyone could possibly... Uh, pick it, pick it, you know, pick all of that advice up. You know, mm -hmm. you need like a pen and a and a paper to. Um, so I think that um, at the time when I um, made the music for Hamlet, um, I I just thought, oh, he's a silly old fool. But but now reading it, now that I have two children, <laughs> um, I kind of feel a little bit more sympathy for him because I feel that sometimes I do this with my own seven-year-old. Right. <laughs> I'm so desperately <laughs> trying to impart things sometimes. Yes. Yeah. It's so hard to know what to do as a parent. And, yeah. But I mean, he's such a hypocritical um, figure in the um, in the play mm, and mm. so much of what he says is so kind of gross in a way. But mm. then there is just these moments of beauty, um, so, uh, you know, 
um, above all to thine own self be true. Yeah. And it's one of those yeah. things that you've often heard and then mm -hmm. you realise, okay, this is, you know, this is where that expression um, originated, you know. Yes, like, yes, so for sure. Like, and I think, and you have to see love between Polonius and, and yeah. his kids, Laertes and Ophelia. Otherwise, you don't care about uh, about where they end up in the play. Mm. Ophelia's grief doesn't doesn't ring as true. Mm. Even Laertes' rage when he comes back in wouldn't ring as yeah. true. They have to they have to love and respect their father, and he has to have genuine affection. Mm. I've seen I've seen the the role played, um, you know, first of all as a buffoon, as as an absolute mm. fool, and I've also seen him played as a very stern, angry, mm. um, uh, kind of overbearing father. And yeah. I, I I think that. Both of those interpretations miss something in the, mm. in the character, don't mm. you reckon? Yeah, I think so. I mean, Barry Otto played um, Polonius, mm. um, and I mean, he has a warmth, like of course, just of course he does. so yeah. he definitely um, gave that to the performance. So I was always because I'm a really huge fan of his, and he was just such a delightful person mm. to well, because I actually ended up being in the production. Yeah. <laughs> I kind yeah. of you were one of the players. Worked right? my way yeah. into it. Um, <laughs> and which I loved because I think I've always um, secretly wanted to be an actor. Yeah. And so I was I was just I had had to say one line, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then but yeah, I was always at the side watching um, Barry because he he's just got so much charisma and mm. he's so natural and um, he did a great Polonius because it was quite complex because he was really silly and foolish and annoying and yet had that warmth mm -hmm. and that mm -hmm. kind of dithering kind of um, loyalty and love for their children, yeah, you know. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, that's important. But, you know, w when it comes down to it, some of this advice is actually not too bad. Is he, He's saying yeah. think before you speak, first yeah. of all. He's saying don't act impulsively mm. on an idea if you haven't thought it through. I mean, yeah. th these are not bad ideas. Listen no, more not. than you talk. Take yes, more advice than you give. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I like the uh, rich, not gaudy. Um, mm, mm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like buy great stuff, but, you know, like yeah. just uh, be <laughs> turn it down. You don't want to seem like you've uh, That's got right. too much money. It's yeah, like it's yeah. over the top. Not too much Gucci. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, and also the stuff about uh, money and borrowing and lending, you know. Don't, yeah. don't, don't borrow too much or don't lend because you'll lose both the money and the friendship. And, yeah. You know, you, you realise these things as you get older, I think. Mm. Um, and also the idea of trying to cram as much advice in as you can <laughs> to your kids. Yeah. Um, I get that too. And then I also get that it just doesn't work. It kind of goes no, in one ear and out the other. I have, I have teenagers and I can certainly yeah, tell you, yeah, you I can imagine. Yeah, that's coming up. For you. <laughs> yeah. I can assure you. Um, the, so, so when you were doing this production, Sarah, you were obviously um, started by writing, this, writing the music, writing the songs, mm. and then you found yourself with a role in the show. <laughs> yeah. Can you tell me about you, you, you were saying you wanted to be an actor. Mm. When did that when did that start? When you were a kid? When you were yeah, in when I was really young, I, yeah. I wanted to be an actor. Um, yeah, in, in um, primary school, I remember making up little plays and performing them to the um, to the class. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And yeah, I don't know where I think. Well, actually, no, I do know, I do know where that came from. It came from my dad because um, my dad was a teacher and he'd always wanted to be an actor. Yeah. And so I think my whole life. I always heard about this because his dad wouldn't let him go to um, to drama school. He oh, didn't want right. him to be an yeah, actor. Yeah, so he was yeah. like, and he still is. Like my dad is, um, mm. 
he's such a funny, um, amazing weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he sounds like an actor. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he came on um, a boat from um, Germany like when he was five years old, um, mm-hmm. you know, after World War II and um, mm-hmm. and he, he's got so many interesting stories and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I guess he had all these dreams and, yeah, and yeah. he never yeah. – um, yeah, so I think part of it was probably that my dad was. But for you, your storytelling obviously comes through in your music and mm. and all of the albums that you've rec- recorded. And you love live performance, and obviously it's not acting now, but mm. it's it's singing, it's music, it's performing, playing instruments in front of an audience, mm. and sometimes in front of huge crowds as well. Do you get nervous? No, I feel much more um, at ease doing that than this in front of yeah, a very right. like. I feel yeah. way more nervous when I have to talk to another yeah. person yep. um <laughs> just yep. in everyday life like i come out i probably got one now i come out in like a neck rash because <laughs> i'm allergic to social um interaction yeah fair enough i come out yeah. in a neck rash yeah. sometimes when i have to talk to other parents um at the school yeah, that my school. child yeah. goes to um so in performing in front of an audience it's like i can just i can get lost in it mm. and there's mm. lights and like like mm. this and i something happens that feels mm. like it's sort of otherworldly so yeah. I don't really – it feels different. Um, yeah. Yeah. I so get that. It's like you get lost mm. in a character and, yeah. you, and you can you, you can wear a different mask. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I love that. The title of your first album, The Overture and The Underscore, <laughs> is quite theatrical. Already you're starting to think about, about theatre. Uh, there's, mm. there's a um, – uh, it, there's there's a moody, atmospheric quality in that album, in the music mm-hmm. in that album. Did you always think that you would write music for the stage and for performance, or is that something that just was just kind of thrown at you? When I'd you always, I think I'd always wanted to. Yeah. yeah. So when I, um, well, when I did Hamlet um, in 2008, I think yeah, it was the first time I'd been asked to. Mm-hmm. Do something like that. So I was just like, yes, I, I was so excited. Mm, um, mm. And um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't really. I mean, the funny thing is that I grew up with some pretty um, like theatrical kind of music and stuff around the house. Like yep. an early album for me was the Elephant Man soundtrack. Oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> David Lynch film. And, sure. And it's so intense and yeah. so like so. But I can I kind of understand why I like what I like now because it's just like things like that in the house and um, lots of classical music and and my dad um, uh, was because he was a teacher and because he wanted to be an actor he. Mm. Um, directed a few plays at, oh, at yeah. the school so he mm. did Macbeth and it like brought my sister and I along wow. when we were really young and it was terrifying <laughs> they had these masks on that just look like um skin like I can't oh, even wow. I, I can't even explain it's intense <laughs> like really really creepy masks like not not the texture of skin but it just looked like a face upon a mm-hmm, face mm-hmm, like a plastic mm-hmm. mask yeah anyway yeah. um I, I digress. Yeah, but no, please. That's, <laughs> um, I that think sounds that terrifying. Some kind of theatricality was somewhere in yeah. bursting. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But I, I kind of do laugh a little bit when you remind me that my first album was called The Overture and the Underscore because it's perhaps a little like, I don't know, over the top. But I, I think I really liked that when uh, that a, um, for a debut album that mm. somebody kind of set the tone for, yeah. you know, like for instance I love – um, Bjork's debut mm-hmm. and the, there's something about that 
image just really captures like um, a moment in time mm. and the fact that it's just called debut, it's just like sets the scene. Right. And right. so I guess with calling it the overture and the underscore, I wanted it to be like this is the beginning the and arrival this is of something. An yeah. Uh, yeah, and this is sort of like um uh yeah, where I an idea of where I want to yeah. head head yeah. with it, I guess. But so it was about four years after that album uh, and, and you, you recorded another album in the meantime as well that you did um, write that music for Hamlet. Mm-hmm. And there are a couple of moments in Hamlet where characters sing, mm-hmm. where, where there, there is music, especially Ophelia. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you set uh, Ophelia's song that she sings to Claudius and Gertrude to music Mm. How did you come up with the? Because Shakespeare provides you with the lyrics, mm. and usually um, uh, you were telling me earlier that you start with the music and the lyrics come later. But this time Shakespeare gives mm. you the lyrics. Yeah. So how does that lyric suggest a musical style or a tune or a riff to you? Uh, well, I think it all started actually in the collaboration with Marion, who was the director, because it was we all got. I mean, I didn't realize how collaborative the whole thing was going to be like we literally all sat down and read the play together and then all collaborated on how it was going to look and mm. how it was going to feel so once we'd kind of worked out that the the set was quite sparse yep. very sort of black and white and um then to me that suggested a certain i mean the, the lyrics themselves suggest a certain tone yeah but the definitely the the visual side of things really suggested um, something, mm. and um, so for me, yeah, the idea was to to get her to play piano on the stage, yes. and um, yep. so yeah, so Laura Brent, who who played Ophelia, um, she's just she was such a beautiful, like angelic looking yeah. girl, and um, and she happened to yeah, she played a bit of she happened to play a bit of piano, um, and she had a great yeah, great voice and so part of it was also just those sort of practicalities mm. of working out what she could play and okay. what she could sing. Okay. So yeah. all of those things, I, I kind of always love that, that with art it's sort of there's this, it's, you know, it's about inspiration and but then there are all these like practical choices that mm. come in that actually really make the beauty. Yeah. And so seeing, I just felt that it added a really great visual um element to what to who she was and um for her to be yeah it was just she would go to the piano at the back of the stage throughout the um performance yeah would you sing that song for us yeah a little little bit um excerpt from that song yeah i'm just gonna do a little i'm just doing some acapella stuff this evening so um (laughs) hopefully yeah i guess we can stop and start if I, I'm in the wrong key, but I'm going to go to the, the singing spot. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Sarah. That's awesome. Thank you. So this is Ophelia from Act 4, Scene 5 of Hamlet.
Your true love knows from another one by his cockle hat and star and his sandal shoe. Gone, lady, he is dead and gone. At his head, a grass green turf, at his heels, a stone. White as shroud as the mountain snow, lauded with sweet flowers that bewept to the grave did go with true love showers. Beautiful. And those of us in the room, I think we, we saw you go to that other place. Do you know what I mean? Like you, there's something just kind of dropped in. You, 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 uh, you, you shifted in a way and, and suddenly you were, you were a million miles away in, in that, that world of, of Ophelia. That was beautiful. Thanks. So obviously uh, you, you write such incredible melodies, such haunting um, tunes and melodies do, do, do your own songs ever get stuck in your head? Do, do, do melodies get, run around in your own head? Because you know, sometimes a, a tune will get stuck in your head and then you can't get it out. <laughs> um, well, I think it, yeah, it sort of needs to get stuck in your head to kind of know that it's a song that you want to keep. Oh, do you mean after it's finished or? And just, uh, uh, just in everyday life as you're walking around, hum it, <laughs> humming it in the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, it kind of happens a lot when you're working on something new because you're trying to lodge it in your brain and if it doesn't stick then mm. you get really worried that it's no good yeah. <laughs> um, because, yeah, um, that's, yeah, I guess, yeah, you're trying to go for something that people are going to mm. remember. Mm. Um, but otherwise I, I go through <laughs> trying to, um, yeah, I just listen to other people's um, music yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then when I come back to doing shows yeah I've got to listen to everything again and then it's like oh my god like mm. it's really hard to um to hear some of that stuff like when I listened to my first um album particularly mm -hmm. I was like really over accentuating my Australian accent to the oh, point okay. where I find it painful to listen to really yeah yeah so you don't like listening to your own to your I own just stuff? Yeah, it's like I was overstating, like, okay, I'm Australian. Like, okay. it's just it's just too much. It's too much. It's not even the way that I talk. It's like, oh, that's yeah. that's interesting. Okay. It's really weird, yeah. So, but your musical style has evolved early on your albums. Um, 
there was a lot, a lot of uh, you know, real instruments, and you become more kind of synth, synth uh, electronic as as your albums go on. So where are you headed? Where are you headed next? You're you're recording and writing an album right now. Mm. Is it going to be very electronic? Is it going to be lots of beats? What's it going to be? No, well, I think I, th- I think what often happens is you kind of um, decide to kind of um, go against what the last thing that you okay. did sometimes. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, so my first two albums sort of had quite a lot of keyboards on them actually and mm-hmm. then and then with As Day Follows Night I was like I don't want one keyboard on there. I want right. it to all be performed live mm-hmm. and everything, the band all playing together, no overdubs. It okay. just had to be really sparse and really simple and then I kind of expanded upon that with um, I Awake and then ended up having an a full orchestra with that but again it was the same sort of um idea of not having technology and just everything Mm -hmm. no click tracks and just keeping it all really Mm -hmm. um natural and Mm -hmm. raw and then somehow then i just made a total i turned my back on that when i made um eternal return and depth of field and i went more into kind of a a keyboard world, but it was because I found this keyboard that I really loved and mm, I couldn't stop mm. using it. Okay. <laughs> became, yeah, 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 yeah. Became obsessed. Um, but I think it's kind of funny as well because that's sort of when I met my partner, Dave, and he's a real synth guy. So yeah, I kind right, of, um, right. so I feel like it was yeah. like the romance yeah. was like this <laughs> keyboard. <laughs> he's like an electronic um, musician. So yeah. that's where that came in. And then now with this, record it's totally gone back to like just okay um raw instruments yep. yeah mm-hmm. no, i don't think there'll be i don't know but i don't really i think it, it it's always sort of feels important to not try and um hem it down to anything particular until a certain point yeah because at the moment i'm still like i've still got a lot to do in terms of writing the actual songs yeah right, um, right. the lyrics mostly but mm. so i'm trying I think that I want it to be like that, but then once you kind of finish the songs, then it sort of might change your mind. Mm, yeah. Sure. <laughs> You're listening to Speak the Speech, the podcast from Bell Shakespeare. I'm James Evans, and my guest today is Sarah Blasco. Sarah, do you remember the first time you became aware of Shakespeare? Was it your dad? I mean, obviously your dad was a teacher. He did that production of Macbeth. Mm. Or was it a, another teacher for you, someone who lit that flame for you when you were a kid? Yeah, I think I probably did hear about Shakespeare first from my dad because he was really obsessed. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, um, well, as often happens, you kind of don't want to know about what you parents oh yeah yeah (laughs) and then someone else comes along that Mm -hmm. says exactly the same stuff and then you're like you're ripe for the (laughs) picking kind of um so yeah my year um Mm. i think it was year year nine or year 10 english teacher Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. she absolutely brought um shakespeare alive for me and she would she would play like an audio recording and then she would keep stopping and starting and explain kind of each couple of lines yeah yeah but she did it with such like she almost had tears in her eyes Mm. and she had these beautiful big red lips and like great like curly black hair that was all kind of just up on her head in a really cool way (laughs) and um she would just like oh like isn't that amazing and then and it was infectious so i really yeah got into it and then um so yeah i did 
I was really into, yeah, Shakespeare the last couple of years at school okay. and then I did a little bit at uni, uh, studied a little bit at uni as well. Oh, yeah, okay. Which pl- which players did you really love, did you really sink your teeth into when you were a kid? Um, I think I did really like Macbeth and um, mm-hmm. Hamlet and Macbeth were both really big. I think yeah. I was more into the, dr- the drama than the... Yeah. But then I really remember loving Much Ado About Nothing oh, when yeah. I was yeah. a little bit later than that maybe. Mm-hmm. I liked the kind of, yeah, the comedy. Did you watch that, that yeah. Kenneth Branagh, Emma Thompson film? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we're, we're about the same vintage, you and yes. I. So, <laughs> so I, that's one of the films that yeah. put me onto really. Yeah, I uh, loved that. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I loved that, that was great. film when I was a yeah. um, young person as well. <laughs> Um, we're still young. Yeah, we're still, well, yes. Mm. Well, maybe not young but, you know. <laughs> At heart. Yeah. Um, so you you wrote an album called As Day Follows Night. <laughs> now this is inspired by a line from Polonius that you read tonight yeah. but in Polonius's line he says, uh, and it must uh, it must be as the night follows day. Mm. Now, canst not then be false to any man. But mm. you flipped it around to day mm. follows night, and I, that, that's that's interesting. I'm going to ask you in a sec why you chose that line, but I, I I'm interested in that flip because Polonius's is night follows day, so it's, mm. so it's it's becoming darker. It, it feels like mm. his image is day turning into something dark, whereas your image is is darkness coming into light, mm. and and I love the way that you've that was, was that conscious by the way just oh yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, well I mean because I was in the production as we've all heard um <laughs> I heard that line every night and it, mm-hmm. I, I just always and the way that Barry said it you know I'm clearly I was in love with Barry Otto and um <laughs> and I just always was like that's so dreamy like um and then yeah well because this album is a total heartbreak record as day follows night yeah. and um but I very early on I decided that it had to, it could be a heartbreak record but it needed to be like a really hopeful heartbreak record. So I wanted to turn the heartbreak into something really okay. <laughs> goddamn positive. Like yeah. I was just desperate for it to be positive mm. because mm. it was just like I couldn't handle any more like heartache. So yeah, I needed, yeah. I wanted the record to just be like kind of glorious. And mm. Mm. So the idea was that everything was all about just elevating mm-hmm. the songs and, and the, all, in all of the production and everything, it was just, yeah, giving that sort of tender, beautiful side to Heartbreak. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like calling it that was really um, setting the the scene for myself yeah, of right. like that's what this is going to be. This is going to be darkness to light. It's, yeah. it's not going to be a story of like staying in the heartbreak. And I mean a lot of the songs are kind of about that too. Like there's a song called We Won't Run mm-hmm. which is all about, you know, we're not going to – I'm not going to wallow in this. I'm mm-hmm. going to pull myself out of it and, and and down on love and a whole bunch of the other. It, it, it's all – it's this active state of like of not wanting to stay in yeah. that heartbreak. So Yeah. But yeah, I guess I liked that expression and then – it just seeped in, and then I sort of stole it. I yeah, guess. Yeah, right, <laughs> just, right. So there was there, yeah, there was you know, no because well I mean there are so many lines in in Hamlet and so many famous lines, yeah. but uh, but that's the one that you that you focused on. Yeah, I think I just like the simplicity of mm. it. It's and mm. it you know it's something we all kind of can yeah. relate to. And, and there's uh, an inevitability to it as well. Mm. I think as yeah. day follows night, yeah. or as night follows day, it's like mm. it'll get better. Things yeah. will get better. <laughs> just it, there's something very reassuring in just mm. knowing that the world. 
you know. It'll keep turning. continues and, yep. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure, absolutely. Um, obviously Hamlet is a play full of heartbreak mm. uh, and and a lot of your um, your music is, is deeply felt, deeply heartfelt. Um, how how do you, as an artist, stay in that stay in that zone and not let it affect you and bring you down? Do you know what I mean? Mm. And actors talk a lot these days about de-rolling. Like afterwards, mm. they have a uh, some actors have some um, rituals that they go through to kind of shake mm. off the role so they don't, yeah, right, they yeah. don't sit in it. How how do you do that so that you you leave the art? Mm. somewhere and then you get on with life well I think I just feel very lucky because I um I have this tool to kind of get through something you know mm-hmm. a lot of people don't um have a chance to express themselves yep. and you know yep. like so mm-hmm. I actually it's a release it doesn't feel like okay. it yeah. doesn't feel like I'm bogged down by it right. the, the writing of the music and the is always just a letting go. Um, mm. So I feel like, you know, a comeback to sing it and, uh, you know, to these songs, time, you know, after time, that's a song as well. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, I steal from lots of different people. Um, uh, yeah, anyway, I'm being silly but thanks for laughing. Um, and uh, But, yeah, you, you do always have to apply... To make the performance tangible and mm. you do always have to find um, a new situation to apply something to, you know, so if it is a heartbreak song. But then I just think, I mean, I don't know if I'm really <laughs> depressive but, you know, life is really pretty heartbreaking so there's always a chance okay. to, <laughs> there's yeah. always something yeah. new. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, there might be just like. I don't mean in like a really dramatic way but just like life, is, you know, there's always a sure. lot. To, I mean th- I guess that's just – it's a long-winded way of saying that I guess it's probably in my nature. I've got a melancholic nature okay. yeah. and so yeah. to dwell in the in those realms isn't mm-hmm. difficult for me. I've, I find it – I kind of – I need to. There's a I soothing nature to it. Yeah, I just yeah. – I need to yeah. be there. Like I don't – I mean all my friends – Think I'm one of the most ridiculous people that they that they know, but <laughs> a lot of people wouldn't. Way, I've just got way. a ridiculous sort of sense of humor, okay. and right. just yeah. I'm just sort of goofy, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for want of a better word. So they always find the melancholy mm-hmm. and then the ridiculousness like a really weird um, okay. mix, yeah, like yeah, yeah. which it sort of is. Um, yeah. But yeah, th- when it comes to making music, mm-hmm. it's that melancholic side that yeah. that just seems to be. What I express in music, yeah, in great. That, you know, great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you, so you haven't thought of doing a satirical album, comedy? Uh, I <laughs> comedy have actually, music. Yeah, yeah. I, but I don't know how. I, yeah. But I mean, I would like to. I do try to take myself way less seriously um, mm-hmm. as I get older. I mean, a lot of it gets knocked out of you anyway. So, <laughs> but sometimes I think, yeah, I took myself way too seriously when I was in my twenties. Oh, fair then, enough. Uh, I think but, we all do. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> now, Sarah, we're very lucky and tonight we're going to uh, mention something um, that's going to happen next year uh, but it's only for the benefit of the people in this room today mm-hmm. because 
it's still under embargo. <laughs> so you guys, honestly, you're not allowed to tell anyone what we're about to talk about because we haven't announced it yet. When this, when this podcast gets released on, on Spotify and, and uh, Apple Podcasts, it will be after we've announced our season next year. But this is just between us. Next year, we are going to uh, do a production of Twelfth Night. Mm. And you I'm are starring uh, in, uh, oh sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm here tonight. Hey, want me to read you a little why bit. Why not? You do a bit of Malvolio for <laughs> us. Uh, and you are going to write you're coming back to write the music. It's yeah. been many years since you've uh, come and worked with the company and we're gonna welcome you back to write the music for Twelfth Night. That's so mm. exciting. Yeah. That's wonderful. It's a comedy now. Mm. But there are melancholy elements in this comedy yes, as well, which and, we can, I, <laughs> and which I'm sure you picked up on straight away. It's like, oh, <laughs> <It's like, "Ooh, laughs> there's a sad bit. I'm yeah. That. yeah. <laughs> Let's get in there. But there's a lot of music. Again, Shakespeare's mm. written a whole bunch of song lyrics in yeah. this in in this uh, play as well. So when you read and you read the play for the first time not too long ago, no, you hadn't read it before. No, I right? hadn't read it. No. Yeah. So what jumps out at you about that play? What suggests itself to you musically that you go, oh, okay. Um, th that's what this needs to be. Well, I think, again, it's probably going to all come down to the look and the feel and what um, what Heather is thinking, you know, like as a director. Like, mm -hmm. um, So I think it's… It's Heather Fairburn, the director. Yeah, sorry, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so it's probably hard to say exactly but there is just so much material and there's so much music within this mm. play that it's… Mm. Um, I mean, yeah, it's it's just going to be, I guess, um, yeah, it's going to be a challenge to work out the style because yes. I think yeah. that, as you're saying, like I think Heather is kind of interested in the um, complexities of the play that are often sure. overlooked. You know, it's it's one of the comedies and, the you know, all the gender stuff, it's all kind of skirted over so she wants to kind of um, grab a hold of all mm. of those things. There's a mm. lot of sadness. There's mourning and yeah. loss and, you know, there's – Obviously, it's still a, a comedy, but mm. um, so I think it's just going to be about finding the right tone, yep. um, and then sort of stylistically what can work. So for me, I feel like it's really about kind of turning up open and and not you okay. know like yeah. ready to collaborate because you don't really know until you all well if it's like similar to the experience that I had last So are time. you saying you don't write any of the music before the rehearsal? Like you, that, that rehearsal period is five weeks mm. and then you're straight into the tech and then you're – Oh, no, I think on. I would write the music before the – yeah, I think it will need to be written yeah. before the rehearsals because mm -hmm. obviously because then – because there's so much music. Yeah, and, yeah. And, um, yeah. But it's all – it a lot of it comes down to the cast as well mm -hmm. and what, what they can do and what their style is because yeah. you can't just get people to sing whatever you yeah, want yeah, them to. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's sort of meeting them and finding what kind mm. of turns them on and like and also what, yeah, what the – but that I mean that's what I really enjoy about doing something like this is mm. that it's um, – I learn so much from it because it's – it's a bunch of creative people getting together and yeah, collaborating yeah. and yeah. learning from each other and mm. actually taking a bit of a back seat and mm -hmm. supporting the action and supporting the play and the direction right. and and working out what, you know, because obviously it's not like a musical. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. um, so, you know, you're just trying to find what, what is going to support mm. best. Um, yeah, well, I mean, it's it's one of Shakespeare's more musical plays, that mm. one and um, – 
uh, I guess, as you like it as well. Yeah. But uh, uh, yeah, it's interesting when you're used to being kind of the lead artist, a, a yeah. solo artist, and the band backs you up. Mm. All of a sudden, you're part of a, mm. a creative ensemble. Mm. Uh, how how do you deal with that transition? Well, I've I loved it. Yeah. Well, last time I did um, when I did Hamlet, like. I got too involved, like, in, yeah. <laughs> in the sense that I ended up being, like, somehow, I don't know how that happened, I can't even remember, but it sounds, again, a little bit arrogant um, that I did that. But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just, it's so refreshing for me to, mm-hmm. to just get, yeah, to mm. just see the way other people work and mm. it, I, I loved being in the rehearsal room and, I, I was in there way too much, I think. Yeah. <laughs> no, you, <laughs> no, you have to. You I was like, to. yeah, just sort you of have to watching Marion wa- uh, work as a director mm-hmm. I found really fascinating. Yeah, and yeah. I learned yeah. a lot from her. Um, mm-hmm. She's got such a great way of working with people. So yeah. it's sort of – it's the creative side and the kind of practical yes. side that you're kind of experiencing, mm. which is um, – Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's, a lot of, um, there's a lot of cruelty in Twelfth Night as well. Mm. There's There's – uh, the darker elements of human nature really come through, mm. as well as a lot of love and joy uh, mm. and uh, and sunshine. So, so it'll be mm. really fascinating to see how those two elements come together musically, mm. both in the songs, but it throughout in the underscore as well. Are you going to be scoring all the way through? Do you think, or just having a light touch throughout the show? Well, as I said, yeah, sorry to not have much detail, but yeah, I, I think it's really going to. De- because I think for me, like this, the visuals and the way that it's staged mm. really is going to affect like how, um, yeah, if you, if you have like an underscore or you have, you know, music that kind of connects the scenes or depends what kind of feel that I think that Heather is going for. She might really be like I get the, the sense that it might be quite minimal. Yes, Like that right, kind of stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. And then – those songs like mm. really um, come through really strongly, yeah, right. you know, those okay. moments. Gotcha. Yep. So that because sometimes I think that, you know, if, you know, when you watch a film and there's way too much music going on generally, mm. it, it means that when there is a strong musical moment it kind of lacks the impact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I don't know, I kind of tend to think that it might be, you know, that sort of, yeah, might kind of go more in that direction just from the – yeah, we've only spoken like once or okay. twice. Right. Yeah. yeah, but I think that that's her sort of aesthetic she wants to kind of go Right, to. and it'll be this time next year, so very exciting. Mm. We'll keep an eye out for that. Now, Sarah, before we go, there's a couple of things we want to do. First of all, the final five, which is our five oh, quick yeah. questions. Uh, yeah. We've got five quick uh, answers okay. for I'm you. Here we go. I'm not being quick, but I'll try, <laughs> I'll try really hard. Number one is – are you the lover, the villain, or the fool? Oh, am I? Yes. Well, maybe the fool. Okay. I, <laughs> I mean, I like the fool in his plays because they're yeah. kind of they're very insightful, but mm-hmm. they kind of yeah they come across like they don't you know know what's going on. No, but, but they're, they're very they, wise. They're yeah. very wise, especially in Twelfth <laughs> Night. They uh, certainly yeah. Feste. What is your most underrated Shakespeare play? Well, I, I was going to say. For me, I think I've re- I very much underrated Twelfth Night because I'd, mm. I'd actually never read it, but I think I passed it off. Yeah, and then a, yeah. quite a few friends have said to me, "No, no, no! Like, don't overlook that. There's yeah. a lot in there. There's a lot because I think I just thought it was yeah, kind of silly. Sounds kind of good. Comedy. 
who's an artist you'd love to work with who you haven't worked with before? I, th- I love Michel Gondry, uh, mm. um, French director. Um, yeah, I love his music videos. I love lots of his films okay. and TV stuff. So yeah, maybe he can make the like next magical. music video. <laughs> That'd be good. Sounds <laughs> but good. He's, yeah, I love him. What's your dream Shakespeare play you'd love to work on? Well, again, I'm a little bit boring with this answer because Hamlet was definitely, like, like I said, I think Hamlet and Macbeth were um, mm-hmm. the first plays that I really got into. Okay. And, but it's kind of funny in a way because like in, in terms of they're probably the least sort of, well, there's not much music going on. Well, they could those, be. But, okay. but I think I just love them as, I yeah. like the, dark, the darkness of yeah. both of those. And sure. Kind of, yeah. And Sarah, if you weren't an artist, what would you be doing? What do you think? <laughs> um, well, I think I probably would have followed in either my mum or my dad's footsteps. Okay. And my dad was a teacher and my mum was a nurse. Mm. So I don't know. I think I, you know, how you kind of adopt the skills of your parents sometimes like there's a friend of mine whose dad is a doctor and so she always thinks that she has all this like medical knowledge oh, that she doesn't <laughs> so sometimes I think oh yeah like I'm just like a natural nurse yeah right, I'm like, right, right. like yeah. with my child I'm like putting a band-aid on there yeah yeah and it's like you've done nothing um right, yeah well sometimes right. I think I've got this like teacher in me like, okay okay yeah <laughs> but um yeah so. Sarah I wonder if before we wrap this up can we hear one more song yeah sure yeah going to be a cappella again don't get freaked out this is um, i think <laughs> this is down on love from your album as day follows night Ooh, 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 
Sarah, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure talking to you, you and listening to you sing so beautifully a cappella, just off the cuff. Fantastic. <laughs> thank you for joining me on Speak the Speech. Sarah Blasco, everybody. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> thank you. Oh. Amazing. Bell Shakespeare is Australia's national Shakespeare company. We perform in theatres and schools in every state and territory. If you'd like to support our work or to learn more about what we do, please visit bellshakespeare.com.au. Speak the Speech is produced by Bell Shakespeare and edited by Camillo Zanoni. Be sure to follow at Bell Shakespeare on social media and don't forget to subscribe, rate and review the Speak the Speech podcast through your listening platform. <laughs>